Our reading today comes from the Hebrew Scriptures and the book of Joshua. After 400 years in captivity and as slaves in Egypt, God had delivered the Hebrew people under the leadership of Moses. But because of Israel's unbelief, the nation had spent 40 days wandering in the wilderness. After Moses' death, Joshua leads the people across the Jordan River to the land that God had promised to Abraham and to his offspring. And it is under Joshua's leadership that Israel possesses the land in its entirety. Mission accomplished, Joshua gathers the people at Shechem. Now, as we prepare our hearts and minds to hear and to respond to the reading of God's word, let us seek God's illuminating grace in prayer. Nurturing God, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. God of grace, make us hungry for this heavenly food and pour it down upon us that the words of my lips and the meditations of our hearts may draw us closer to you and lead us to walk in the way of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture reading comes from Joshua 24. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago your ancestors, Terah and his sons Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates and served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Cana and made his offspring many. Now therefore revere the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve whether the gods your ancestors served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our ancestors up from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery and who did those great signs in our sight. He protected us along all the way that we went, and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. 
Then Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. He said, then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, to Joshua, the Lord, our God, we will serve and him we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made statues and ordinances for them at Shechem. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This past Wednesday, I heard a song on the radio that I haven't heard for a long time. The music and the lyrics got to me. Their meaning touching my heart. Wednesday was Veterans Day, but it was also Carolyn and my son Michael's birthday. I texted happy birthday wishes earlier in the morning, and he had replied, thanks. Got a lot to do today, but we'll give you and mom a call a little later. Just a couple of hours later, driving on I-95, I heard the song. Let me read the words of the first verse and the chorus to you and, and see if you remember the song and who wrote it and maybe even what year it was released. My child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away, and he was talking for I knew it, and as he grew, he said, I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know I'm going to be like you. And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man in the moon, when you're going to come home, Dad? I don't know when, but we'll get together then, son. You'll know we'll have a good time then. I'm sure many of you recognize the song as Cats in the Cradle, written by Harry Chapin and his wife, Sandy. The song was based on a poem written by Sandy. And Sandy says that her husband, Harry, only put the, the poem into a song after their first son was born. The poem, uh, the, the song, of course, was released in 1974, and it became number one in the charts in December of that year. Cats in the Cradle is a haunting song about a father who stayed so busy that he misses his son's first steps and first words. The father's work kept him so busy that he had no time to throw the ball in the backyard with his son. And years seemed to pass without the father realizing it. And when the son comes home from college one day, the tables have turned. The son doesn't have time to sit down with his father and talk. Well, he came from college just the other day. So much like a man I just had to say. Son, I'm proud of you. Can you sit for a while? He shook his head and said with a smile, What I'd really like, Dad, is to borrow the car keys. See you later. Can I have them, please? And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you're coming home, son, I don't know when. 
But we'll get together then, Dad. You know we'll have a good time then. Cats in a Cradle is a song about, uh, is a song that calls us to reflect, to reflect on our commitment in our relationships and even reflect on our missed opportunities. But then, but then to make plans for a new way forward. Our lesson today from Joshua is complete with the same themes. It too is a call to commitment and relationship and engagement and to intentionally plan for a way forward. Perhaps no other person in scripture served in so many different roles as Joshua. Joshua was a servant leader under Moses, a mighty warrior and an army commander, a spy, an administrator, a judge, and a leader of the Israelites. We first meet Joshua as a young man in Exodus chapter 17. When the Amalekites come to fight with Israel in the wilderness of Rephidim as the Israelites are on their way to Mount Sinai after the exodus from Egypt. Under Joshua's leadership, the Amalekites are defeated. Now Joshua was a man of courage, but that doesn't mean that he was never afraid. Many, many times the Lord tells Joshua to be strong, and courageous. For example, in Joshua chapter 1, as, as Israel approaches the promised land, we hear the Lord tell Joshua, be strong and courageous, for you shall put this people in possession of the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Only be strong and very courageous being careful to act in accordance with all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may be successful wherever you go. I thereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. These are important words for Joshua to hear as Israel prepared to cross the Jordan River into the promised land. But they're also important words for you to hear today as well. God is with you. And while Joshua is courageous, his most important quality wasn't his courage. More importantly, Joshua was a man of faith. He showed courage as he went up against the Amalekites. But most of all, Joshua had faith in God and in God's ability to do what God said God would do. Later, as reported beginning in Numbers chapter 13, Joshua was picked as one of 12 spies, one from each of the 12 tribes who were sent into the promised land to report on the land and its people. And after 40 days, the spies returned and they brought back amazing fruit and a a report of a land that flows with milk and honey. 
But they also reported that the land of Canaan was inhabited by powerful people and who lived in well-fortified cities. And the people of Israel became afraid. Joshua and Caleb pleaded with the people of Israel, if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are no more than bread for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But the people wouldn't listen. And they even threatened to stone Joshua and Caleb. And they wanted to go back to Egypt. As a result, the Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Joshua knew the consequences of not having faith and not committing to the Lord. Now, more than a generation later, much time has passed. Joshua calls the people to gather at Shechem. God has used Joshua to lead the people to inhabit the land that God had promised to them. Now that they have conquered and are preparing to settle in the land, the people have to plan And they have to choose how they will live from that point forward. The people have to take responsibility for the lives that they will establish there. I'm sure that Joshua remembered that day. The events that led to God sending the nation to wander in the wilderness. How could Joshua possibly forget meandering throughout the desert for all those years, because the people didn't trust God enough to inhabit the promised land. Joshua emphasizes to the gathered people that that they need to make up their minds and devote themselves to God so that they will have no cats in the cradle regrets of what might have been. When Joshua gathers the people at Shechem, he gives his audience a summary of all the blessings that that God has poured out upon the nation, upon all the people. We read only a a portion of the blessing, only one of of 12 verses of blessings that Joshua tells the people that God has showered upon them. And then Joshua challenges the people to carefully, carefully choose and then only after fully examining their hearts. Now, therefore, revere the Lord, Joshua says, and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if you are unwilling to serve the Lord... Choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. The people answered, Far be it from us if we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. 
For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our ancestors up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and who did these great signs in our sight. He protected us along all the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites, who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. In spite of the people's sweet and confident words, Joshua responds with skepticism. You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. The people respond, we are witnesses. And Joshua replies, put away the foreign gods that are among you. Incline your hearts to the Lord. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God we will serve and him we will obey. God had acted and the people had responded. And Joshua made a covenant with the people. They will choose the Lord. As members of Christ's church, we also have chosen the Lord. We have chosen and we continue to choose the Lord. We continue to be called and we continue to respond to the blessings that God has poured into our lives and to develop an even deeper relationship with the Lord through prayer and worship and study and through service. But also by developing relationships, loving godly relationships with others, our neighbors. Figuring out our relationships can be tricky. It often requires hard choices. But in our lesson today, Joshua points us to the most important relationship of all, our relationship with the Lord. It seems that our relationship with, that when our relationship with the Lord is right, so are all our other relationships. So think about it. Examine your heart. Why wouldn't we want a deeper relationship with the Lord, our God? God is always available. And God's love is unconditional. God looks after us. God is kind and compassionate. God is patient and forgiving. But also God offers us wisdom. God answers our prayers and never leaves or forsakes us. God offers us abundant life, and eternal life. Yes, yes, we will choose the Lord. Amen. As we end our time 
of worship together. Hear this benediction. Choose the Lord this day and always. Serve this this God that loves us so deeply in this moment and in the next. Love the Lord with all your heart and with all your strength. Praise the Lord in your gladness and in your sadness. Be at peace in the Lord now and forevermore. Amen.